0: What role can the media play in the church's efforts to proclaim the good news, evangelize the culture, and form the faithful? Join us today as we talk about faith and media with Doug Keck, executive vice president and chief operating officer of EWTN, as well as longtime host of Bookmark. I'm Michael Hernan, vice president of advancement at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, and you're watching Franciscan University Presents. Stay with us. Franciscan University Presents. I'm your host, Michael Hernan, Vice President of Advancement at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. Uh, Today on Franciscan University Presents, we're gonna be talking about faith and media. Joined here in our studios by our regular panelists, Dr. Regis Martin, Professor of Systematic Theology here at Franciscan University, uh, and Dr. Scott Hahn, the Father Michael Scanlon Chair in Biblical Theology and the New Evangelization here at Franciscan University. And our special guest today is probably no stranger to WTN, Uh, is Doug Keck, the uh, executive vice president and chief operating officer for EWTN. Uh, Before joining EWTN, he had uh, over 20 years in uh, national and regional uh, TV and radio. Uh, at EWTN, you're in charge of all the uh, the production for uh, radio and TV. Uh, EWTN now reaches, I think, 228 million. Does that sound right? Okay, that sounds about right. In <laughs> <laughs> 140 uh, different countries, and it sounds good too. It's, it's, it's worldwide. <laughs> right, right, right uh, You're right. also the regular host for bookmarks uh, here on EWTN, right. and for um, about 16 years. Uh, uh, that's so. right. Since uh, January of '98, is the first shows we God. started airing.
1: Oh, that's It's amazing. a
2: wonder they can spare you.
1: Well, you know what? <laughs> it's good when you're the executive producer, you don't have to worry about coming up for renewal. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling if somebody else was deciding whether the show was
0: working, it might not have lasted as long. (laughs) Well, we're glad. (laughs) Well, uh, today we're talking about faith in the media and you clearly have a a background both from secular media as well as now with EWTN. Um, What is the church, uh, how do we look at it from a church's perspective uh, on media? What's its opinion or perspective on media? Well, I think
1: obviously, uh, my take is obviously, I think like all things Catholic, you know, uh, the media itself is good. It's really how it's used or not used appropriately that's the problem. And we see even with our recent Holy Fathers and our present Holy Father in the sense of going out there, using an iPad, Twitter, all these kinds of things, social media, even in the last couple of years you've seen the whole Vatican apparatus switch over to a much more online format. They've got a new website. So the church has clearly seen that using social media uh, improving communications, they made some changes there. There'll probably be some other ones down the road, I think, to try to get the church's message out there. Uh, so I think there's clearly an understanding that we should be using everything that's out there, all the right. new technologies, right. uh, to
3: spread the truth, uh, which is certainly what EW10 has been trying to do as well. That's right. And there's a legacy of this. I mean, going back to the late 30s when Pius the 12th took over the chair of Peter. He began those radio broadcasts mm-hmm. that right. were worldwide. Christmas messages mm-hmm. and other things too. But I mean, the fifties would mark, you know, the, the the decade, the era of Fulton Sheen, mm-hmm. uh, right. who won Emmys and that sort of thing too. So again, we're not latecomers, but I do think that the culture has changed so much mm-hmm. that our relationship to the media has changed. Yeah. And, and not altogether for the good, but uh, it does present all kinds of opportunities, especially with the internet and so on. Yes, yeah, so let, let,
2: let me uh, give you a caricature, I, at least I hope it's a caricature, and, and get your uh, take on it. Uh, on the one hand, we have uh, very savvy media folk out there who tend to be secularist. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, we have faith-filled uh, folk who don't know anything about media. And how do the two come together? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we square uh, the, these two? Uh, uh, sets of people?
1: Well I think what you the fact is I think there's a lot of faith-filled very talented Catholics who are yeah. out there who are working out there in the media who I think haven't seen an opportunity to use their skill set that way mm-hmm. and maybe are interested in moving from uh, let's say money to mission or something like yeah. that and, yeah. and I think sometimes it's the old "build it and they will come I think if they start to see that there are opportunities for people to do this and that also you know they're lay people they need to make a living they still have a family yep. they have to have an opportunity where they can move into something which still works for them yep. that way and at the same time uh... they can work on something that they get fulfilled in i think there's a lot of people out there in the media who feel that way uh, but they just don't see an opportunity to do it they also don't talk about it at work because right. it wouldn't be perceived very well right. That's right. but it is the difficulty I think with all these kinds of things is to be able to say on one level people demand this output that they expect to see well how come we don't look as good as this network and that network mm-hmm. at the same time the understanding that those things are not done by magic mm-hmm. they're done by money in many cases so if you can get dedicated people working with less you can do less look at the Catholic schools It's a perfect That's example you know it's not as much money but it's some money that you still have to do and it's they a do a better product. job and I think there's opportunities uh, you know for specifically oriented Catholic programming like an EW10 in a thousand channel universe where people want what they want when they want it and there's also great opportunities for others to do other variations on that that are less overt in promoting a culture of but life or a positive family life.
3: There is a message for EWTN, and that is, look, if a nun can do this with a shoebox of cash, you know, That's and right. a lot of faith, then you ought to be trying something, you know. Stepping in. Uh, what was the year that EWTN began again? 1981. 81. I remember being a doctoral student in Milwaukee and hearing the stories of Harry John mm-hmm. and the money from the Sacred Heart Group, and how Santa Fe Communications was almost begun on the West Coast, and all of the top equipment was purchased, and nothing happened. It just flopped. Right. But all of that equipment was bought, a dime on a dollar, mm-hmm. by this nun from Cleveland who went down to Alabama. I mean, it's an inspiration because back then, it was already the case the culture wasn't friendly. Right. You know, but you know, the network here, in so many ways, has a catechetical mission and a mm-hmm. focus but that leaves a wide berth, a lot of options. I hope that younger entrepreneurial apostles might be watching and that's thinking, right. you know, drama or something else. Right, that's know. right. We're bri- I mean, I know it's spreading out with Colleen in the news and yeah, sure. Raymond as well. And, and I think you're 100% right, because I know
1: sometimes I think there can be frustrations for people out there who look and, they have a view of what should be getting done and they say, Well why how come you're not doing this? And I always go back to mother who would always say to people, Listen, that's a great mission you have. That's just not particularly our mission. That's right. We're a catechetical network first oh, and saying. foremost. Yeah. If you want it Catholic straight up, you come to us you know oh, oh, yeah. if you want to be entertained we'll try to make it interesting and we are trying to make it more interesting or bringing in movies oh, yeah, and other things right. and certainly uh, you know more money being invested in things like that but at the same time there's nothing stopping others from doing those other things except the the problem is in many cases it's money
2: that's right that's right so let's let's clear the air up straight away you're not troubled at all by the use of of this particular technology. I mean you view it as morally neutral, sort of ethically innocuous. What counts is what it's used for, right? W- without a doubt. I, yeah, I, I, not the not message a is ends. more important. I, right, I think than it's, the media. you
1: know, I'm not a theologian. I always think that's God. everything God created and made available is good. Right, it's right. how we misuse it's the, right. the problem. But, but he didn't really create these media. Well, he created the
2: the intelligence in people to be right, able to do right, it, and yeah. the drive to be able to succeed. I mean, any more, I suppose, than he created the printing press, but, right. but that too is baptizable. Right. right, and it was used that's to print position.
1: the Bible. It was used to print right. some terrible things. Right.
0: right. Well, okay. Let me let me go in a, a, a slightly different direction because when people often think about media, they, particularly Catholics or, or faithful Christians, have a little bit of a negative view because mm-hmm. uh, they often see what they the the, the, the daily news or, you know, in the, in the publications or in the TV shows or radio or whatever would be out there, and there's often uh, negative perception, anti-life, uh, anti-good uh, Christian culture, and, and a real serious bias. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wh- when we look at that, I mean, is that is that an accurate portrayal of the media, that there is a, a bias towards people of faith or things of our, our values and our faith life?
1: From my own personal experience and working in 20 years and understanding that knowing the people who are behind the scenes, uh, yeah, the reality is it is. Uh, in their mind, it's not a bias. Uh, in their mind, it's the way you actually should be thinking. Uh, right. and the people it's their reality. Who, and, think, and people who, and they don't know anybody else who, you know, there was an old line, I remember from 1968 when Nixon won the presidency, so how old I am. Pauline Kael, who was a, re- a reviewer for movies right, in uh, the right. New York Times, said, uh, how did Nixon win? I don't know anyone who voted for right, him. Right. And, you know, it was yeah. a famous line, but you right. can apply that to anything. Right. For these same people, pro-lifers are strange creatures with patches on their jackets. They right. don't right. get it. Right. That's not the yeah. world they live in. And so there's no countervailing opinion to even make them question it. Right. And so they just go along with in the normal soup that they swim in. And so I think they go into it, the kinds of people who tend to get into media and, and to, to exist in there, they're hired by other people with certain opinions. I also think we're dealing with the world that's so much more like because of the bifurcation and the separation of channels, you're getting to have a little bit what they had in Europe for years, a little more, where every, th- there's all these papers, you know this paper's angle, you know this paper's... A, you know, in the United States it was always at least this uh, facade of that this was middle of the road this was right there you know Walter Cronkite was a big liberal but he really didn't show it so much right. at least on the air even though maybe it impacted what he was doing on the air today you have Fox, CNN, MSNBC people can see right. you know sort of and so what we're finding is like in other parts of the world people tend to gravitate to the channel or the news source that agrees with them mm-hmm. that's an
3: important point mm-hmm. because I think we forget that objectivity is no longer neutrality. You know, it was in the first half of the 20th century and it spilled over. But I think what we have to realize now is that when you're talking to an atheist or an agnostic or a radical secularist, that's objectivity as much as the Catholic faith is what objective reality consists of for us. And so it it doesn't necessarily mean that you have hermetically sealed compartments because friendship, professional collaboration, especially if you can do a job that is respectable, Mm -hmm. you can then build bridges and sort of do apostolate through friendship and collaboration. But I do think we're at a point now that is... uh, you know, it, it, it's becoming more of opposition mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think they don't even realize it necessarily. Like you had said, that it's just the world that they, they see. It's that the, their dinner parties, their cocktail parties, all their friends are, yeah. are breathing the same air. I mean, which is why when the, uh, the, the university and the U.S. bishops, EWTN, we sued the federal government, it was a historic moment. Yeah. And not one TV station, not NBC, CBS, right. ABC, gave it any airtime and it was on page 13 of the New York Times. It was a. They didn't even come to the story. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and, but 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 it's not even an issue for them. They don't see it as a as a story. Those sorts of.
1: Well, things. I think also we we have a uh, an administration that's very good at saying things uh, <laughs> that make it sound like everything's fine. Mm. Promise people it's going to be okay. It's all taken care of. This organization, religious organizations, are taken care of. Yeah. You know, the fine print is where you run into the problem. Yeah. Of course, as Bishop mm. Sheen said, you know, and so it's that idea that I think. So, the general public, which only has a general idea what's going on, they walk away saying, Well, everything's okay. I said it was okay. Right. Why are you all upset? Right. Right. That's yep. right. You're I mean, o-
2: oftentimes when everything becomes televised, style uh, displaces substance. You had mentioned Nixon mm-hmm. and Pauline Kael. Mm-hmm. In 1960, which really dates me, mm-hmm. uh, those celebrated debates with John Kennedy, Nixon clearly outpointed him. He was the better leader. People on radio thought that. Is that right? Is yeah. that right? right. Well, that's, people that's, on radio thought Nixon won. People watched it on TV. Thought. But Kennedy. that five o'clock shadow, I think, destroyed him telegenically, As right. people assumed, oh, Kennedy is, is the better guy. Right. He's the JFK gonna charm. His charm. Yeah. Yeah. His style. Charm, yeah, yeah, right, his right. style. Right. So I mean, that's a danger that that we court. But there's another danger. I mean, the diversity we welcome, but at the same time, it brings on fragmentation Mm -hmm. and it becomes less possible to fashion a common culture, a common conversation that we need to have in this country because there are just so many options.
1: Well, that's the old Ed Sullivan factor. Mm -hmm. You know, years ago, for those old enough, Everybody watched Ed Sullivan. Everybody yeah. knew what was on. Yeah. There was only so many channels. Everybody right. watched most of the same right. shows So you could talk about talk Ed Sullivan, about Steve Allen or whoever right. it was. You know. but, but I always think about I remember watching it used to be the US was a melting pot. And then I remember it was in the eighties or nineties, suddenly we were a mosaic. Yeah. We weren't a melting pot anymore, we we're a mosaic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's a mosaic? Something that looks like it's together from a distance, but you get up close and it's not. It's right. fragmented. And I think that's where we are. And unfortunately, there's political motivations for keeping people
3: into distinct groups. I I think we, we need to recognize that communism was sort of the thing that united us. So the Republicans and Against. Democrats <laughs> differed. Yeah, it was a clear enemy. Yeah, right. anti-communism right. was. You know, we could debate what strategy is going to be the most effective to combat communism. You know, and then when that when the Iron Curtain collapses in '89, everything changes. And then for a brief moment after 9/11, it looked like mm-hmm. anti-radical Islam might unite us as well. And for about yeah. a year, it did. Right. And yeah. then I think for various reasons that sort of
2: dissipated. My wife and I, for example, we, we tune into Fox mm-hmm. and we, we noticed how exercised they were about Benghazi, mm-hmm. you know, this crisis and we were convinced this will bring down, this will bring down the Republic. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna put Obama in prison for this and yet it, it suddenly occurred to us, nobody's watching uh, Fox. I mean, they, they don't have, uh, they haven't cornered the market there are so many other markets well I yeah, think that's the, the
1: thing yeah I think the point people need to realize sometimes on the cable side is yes uh, they're the dominant news source on cable but you're still talking about millions a couple of millions of people even the old mainline network news okay. still draws you know substantially right. more right. millions yeah. to watch them just because of what people watch on cable versus having regular television yeah. and, and I think the other thing is the problem is is that the people who are going to Fox, let's say, already probably think with that and right. agree with it. The people right. they need right. to convince are watching MSNBC or CNN or some other network, yeah. and if the mainstream networks don't determine that this is something they want to push, right. then right. the average person doesn't see it, or they're told it wasn't a big deal, and so people go away because people don't think about things they don't need to think about. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right.
0: Um, we're talking about faith and media on Franciscan University Presents. Stay with us.
1: When you compare commercial media to uh, a value based media where we're trying to present Catholicism through that media, you're comparing uh, commercialism to a media that's trying to present Catholicism, trying to present truth, beauty, and goodness.
0: After I graduate, I wanna go to Hollywood because there is such a need for missionary work there. So many people who work in the entertainment industry, they're so broken and I wanna bring my Catholic faith, my values, and who I am to be there and be a witness for them and bring truth, beauty, and goodness to them. So when I graduate, I want people to look at me and my job and the way I do my work and think, you know, wow, he's really good at what he does, you know, and he's Catholic, you know, they don't expect that. Um, and through that, maybe I can let that influence, you know, subtly, things that I do with my job and my work in the secular world um, to really bring, bring the faith to a world that's very anti-faith and anti-Catholic. My name is Kelly Butler, and I'm a Communication Arts major. I took independent digital filmmaking, definitely intense. Many all-nighters in the editing lab getting things done. Pope John Paul II has a quote, Do not be afraid to go out into the streets and into public places to preach Christ like the first apostles. That's what we're called to as Catholics and as Christians. You have that responsibility that every work you create should reflect Christ. Franciscan University is academically excellent and passionately Catholic. Welcome back to Franciscan University Presents. We're talking about faith and the media uh, with uh, executive from EWTN, Doug Keck. Uh, Doug, so we, we talked a little about the secular media. Talked about the state of, of media. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a good thing uh, that we have a, a, a brand of media that's tailor made for Catholics? Well, I work at EWTN, so certainly <laughs> I think
1: that's <laughs> that's a good idea, obviously. But I think, especially in the way I think about it, which is as a catechetical network, and again coming out of Working for cable for 20 years and uh, working for Ch- Chuck Dolan, who started HBO, and was talking about the magazine rack approach to channels and things like this, and the million channels and the 500 channels, and everybody's going to have a channel. The idea, I, I really think, and I mentioned it earlier, uh, is people want what they want when they want it. It's kind of the internet mm-hmm. approach bang, 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 bang. And you're going to have a lot more of that even in, in, in TV, where people will basically be programming their own channels for themselves. So I think brand is important because ultimately, when there's so many people, default to the few, the ones that they can deal with, because they don't want to think about all these other ones. So I think for EW10, it's like ESPN. When you go to ESPN, you know what you're going to see. When you go to this channel, you know what you're going to see. You know, there's the history Channel, there's the military channel, there's this channel, that channel. It's very, very clear what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's what people want because what they don't want to do is go through Life magazine anymore. Right. They want to yeah. go through the, the te- left-handed tennis player guide because that's what they are and that's right. what they want to that's spend their fit, time on. that's what they're looking for. Right, so that's what they're looking for. And I think for us, and my, my answer to people with that is to say we're there to provide that. Our job is not to convert everybody. Yeah. Our job is for you to convert your friends and your family. We're there to give you the sustenance so that you can live out your faith. No, you're not crazy for believing it. And that as you start to live out your life and do these things, people start to say, gee, what's going on in your life? What's happening with you? Just like any other, uh, I think, conversion experience where that impacts people. The idea that you're going to drag your brother over so, and stick him in front of the TV set, and that's going right. to change yeah. everything, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Unless you're open in some way or the Lord is starting to open you up, I don't think you know you, you can do that.
0: So, so, but don't you think sometimes we can run at the risk of just preaching to the choir uh, with a Catholic? Well, I use the same line all the time. Have you seen the choir lately? Yeah. You know,
1: I, I think there's plenty of, this is the way I look at it. Right. Uh, think about even the fact that the poor numbers of people who go to Mass every Sunday, right? So maybe it's 20 million, let's say, out of the allegedly 77 million Catholics in the United States. What percentage of those people live out the faith as, as, as seen by the magisterium? If you could get those people, or ten or twenty percent more of those people, to really be informed on what and to live out their faith from Sunday to Sunday, and not just every other, you know, showing up on Sunday, but living it during Central. the week, why isn't that a a, a good goal? Why right. isn't that yeah. a good target yeah. to get to? Yeah. You know, when you're when you're when you're selling tennis rackets. You don't advertise tennis rackets in bowling magazines hoping that you can entice bowlers to come over <laughs> right. You put them in right. tennis magazines. So right. it's the same thing. Yep. Yep. The first group we should be reaching in in my mind is the people who actually go to mass and already believe. I mean mm-hmm. when people are trying to convert Chris Catholics, you know, who do who do uh, Protestants go to? They don't go to non believers, they go to Catholics. Right. Why? Because there are, there's already a foundation to pull them in. Yep. It's an air it's adding in. So the first thing is to do that. If we've maximized that, then I think that's fine. If everybody goes to mass on Sunday, is doing right. wonderfully. I guess that's terrific. But I also think, you know, the fact that that's our mission doesn't mean that precludes others from having their mission. That's right. Sure.
3: That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, I do think that the strategy yeah. of EWTN is concentric in this mm-hmm. sense that you do have a common core of committed Catholics who are watching it regularly, but they don't live in isolation. You know, they're, right. they're not just uh, Carmelites who are secluded. Right. Right. So they have family members. They have friends. But I think a couple of rings out, you also have this experience, at least I've had it. Many times were non-Catholics, mm-hmm. Protestants, especially evangelicals, who might compare us, you know, to Trinity or some other, mm-hmm. some, some other network and compare us favorably mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot less manipulation or whatever there is. But you know, time and time again, I have found with uh, Marcus Grodi and the Coming Home Network, you know. We founded this about 20 years ago and never dreamt that we'd have over a thousand, you know, ministers and missionaries come in. But, you know, I don't know what percentages, but there are high percentages of people who found it on the journey home, just, you know, Mm going and surfing the channels and then coming across this discussion. Yeah. 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 And then staying and then coming back again and again. And then two years later, they're in a crisis, you know, and then they're discovering Jesus in the Eucharist. And I I think, too, with just the Catholic media,
0: whether it be EWTN or other, uh, um, you know, uh, new media initiatives, if you will, uh, preaching the choir is a great thing because it fires us up and and sends us out. It gives us the equipment that we need to fight the battle.
3: It enlarges the choir. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I
2: think, I mean, the, the immense impact, Scott, that you've had, your life and the books that reflect your journey. I I think having EWTN has immeasurably augmented and extended that that apostolate. Mm. That's true for so many people. It really is, you know.
3: And what, you know, cassette tapes were in the 90s, CDs became the MP3 files as well. And you can see this with Catholic Answers and countless other apostolates, that the more you tap and harness the power of the media, the mm-hmm. more you can reach. But again, you're not only equipping the, the choir to be stronger, you're enlarging that yeah. too. Right. Right. But, and you are a realist about
2: the, the state of the choir, that it is a little threadbare, maybe <laughs> yeah. tone deaf, and uh, somebody needs to uh, sort of choreograph things. But I, I like this category of viewer. Uh, those who pray, pay, and obey, we, <laughs> we accost them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they become the shock troops. Sending them out. Right.
1: I think yeah. so. I mean, I think when you shoot for a target, you shoot for the center first. Right. And as you right. spray out, you hit others right. and get there. Right. And, uh, but I think if, what, if, if your, your idea is, I'm going to get all the unchurched people and spend your time on that, the right. problem we run into with that many times is if you have a core audience, to reach the people unchurched, usually at least most people's thing is to water down and That's make right. it easier. Right. Well, right. what happens is you don't really attract a lot of those people very long. And second of all, your core starts to dissipate because they that's start right. saying, What are you doing here? This is, right, this right. Is, uh, you know, I'm not getting fed anymore myself. Right. And right. I, I think that's really important that we have to always be consistent. And I think, you know, the reference to TBN, the one thing I always think with TBN is, you know, TBN, one minister to the other, they teach a totally different that's theology, true. you know, that's right. one at all awesome. We're not. But We're totally consistent. Whether you like it or not, every or show know. relates to another show and it's consistency. Yeah. And that's what our audience. Expects and again, I think that em- empowers people to feel the journey home is a great one. of People to feel empowered about their faith and to realize, right. you know, it, like it was for a lot of us when we first heard your tapes to realize, yeah, I knew it was right. Now I understand why it's right. Yeah. Uh, and what, those
2: what, what, that, that acronym, what, what what do those letters stand for? T B M. Oh, uh, Trinity Trilly
1: Broadcasting, Broadcasting Network. Network. And this is yeah. a Protestant. A, yes, Protestant. Yes, yes. Very big. Uh, I the, see. the Crouches, right? Oh,
3: okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, when you think about um, the media and the Catholic form, you know, this was founded in 81. Mm -hmm. You know, John Paul used the phrase new evangelization for the very first time in 79 when he went back to his homeland of Poland but he really brought it out for the world in 83. In between those four years, this is when EWTN was founded. I mean, it really was, mm-hmm. you know, on the forefront of the new evangelization, precisely because the new evangelization is about re-evangelizing the de-Christianized. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many people who have drifted away from the Catholic Church need to hear, okay, the four spiritual laws, God loves you, you've sinned, Christ died, now believe. But even more, the, the core of catechesis, And so by defining the principal mission of EWTN from the earliest days as catechesis, you know, Mother Angelica by the hand of God's providence really landed upon the one thing needed, you know. Uh, 50 years ago, you know, we would not have been a conservative network. We would have been simply Catholic. Right. But by saying now what everybody heard at Georgetown, you know, or at Notre Dame 50, 60, 70 years ago, you know, we really stand out. It's, it's an analogous situation with Franciscan University. Mm-hmm. When you look at our core and our theology requirements, it's like, you know, you couldn't find a Catholic college on the planet that didn't require at least this much and right. more and deliver stuff mm-hmm. that was, you know, magisterial or whatever without being conservative. Yeah, Yeah. my my sense is that it's just a matter of being simply Catholic, uh, Mm -hmm, that if you resist
2: or refuse uh, these media, uh, you're not really being fully comprehensively Catholic. I mean, that that exoteric note uh, of the Catholic thing, it extends outward, it's expansive, Mm -hmm. like the Bernini Colonnade uh, of St. Peter's Basilica. It reaches out, it welcomes in this great maternal embrace. You can't refuse anything that might help augment uh, the spread of the Gospel. Right, and I always
1: think uh, with EW10 too, we filled a the void there at a period of time when maybe some of the devotional things and those kinds oh. of things and the saints and the Blessed Mother right. uh, for whatever reason weren't as emphasized in some of the parishes and this was right. a way to revitalize yeah. that and right. keep that alive for people and we know Mother's core is Eucharistic Adoration. Well, what are we seeing with vocations? What drives vocations?
0: Right. Eucharistic
1: Adoration right. drives yeah. vocations. That's right.
0: right. You know? So you had mentioned that uh, your your core audience, and for Catholic media, it's not preaching to the choir. When we have a core audience of who we're speaking to, but I know you you shared with me, and I've heard stories of, of many non-Catholics mm-hmm. uh, who have heard ABTN and we talked about the surfing through. How do you how do you uh, kind of meet the challenge of knowing who your co- core audience is, with also making it interesting, uh, possibly for for non-believers or, yeah. or non-Catholics?
1: Well, I think. Uh my theory is the truth attracts Mm. so if you stick with the truth that's a good place to start with and that's what people are attracted to when I was, uh, you know, in the 19, 1989, 1990, and I was getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch uh, Father Rutler stand on what looked like a chessboard and next to a <laughs> pillar and talk for a half an hour, it wasn't because it was the most engaging media I had ever seen. <laughs> yes. uh, right. you know, yep. It was because there was something about what he was saying that yep. was speaking to me. Right, compelling. Right. So I think, uh, you know, my reverse McLuhanism is uh, instead of uh, the medium is the message, the message is the medium. And right. I think our right. job many times is to yeah. not obfuscate the message mm. to try and make it interesting we try and do that cuz again my theory is always the same thing which is it's not how many people watch it's how many people you impact how many right. people's lives do you change by watching not how many people you got you somehow corralled into watching. But, but he yeah, had and still does. does it does. change their lives? I, I suspect. That's a great, uh, that's a great mission An undeniable
2: goal. style I <clears throat> mean the packaging was was attractive engaging the wit the humor the panache I mean that's that's Father Rutler right but you're right, the content
3: survives right. all of that and it's telling. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, he's a talking head, you know? Mm, right. And That's so we right. know that doesn't work and yet it does. Yeah. You know, and you go back to Paul in First Corinthians chapters one and two, he talks about where, you know, where's the debater, where's the rhetorician? You know, all of the people who used, well, what were the media of the day? You know, we are stuck with the word of the cross. You know, it's foolishness to the Greeks who seek wisdom. You know, it's a scandal to the Jews who want a sign of divine power. And yet, it is true wisdom, it is true power. And I think that the truth is really what attracts it, it's what converts, and sometimes when you scale back, you know, you you don't, not only do you not wanna obfuscate, but you don't wanna overly embellish it. Uh, I know that in TV you should do whatever you can, but if you can't do much, you shouldn't despair, especially if catechetics is your focus. Yeah, well, and also too, I just think that as we go to uh, you know how the church always
0: unites truth, beauty, and goodness, and that as we're presenting, as we're communicating, I mean, people are drawn in by truth as well as goodness right, and beauty, yeah. and, and wrapping it as much as possible in all of those, looking at something that's just attractive, that's appealing, that that's tugging on the human heart. I mean, w-
2: when you ask yourself, what is the heart of the charisma? I mean, what did Jesus come to say, to accomplish? You look at his words, I mean, he'll say things like, uh, your sins are forgiven, this is my body, this is my blood. I mean, that's instantly uh, captivating. I mean, who can resist a message like that?
1: Right, and I think if somebody w- was fair and would to take a snapshot, you know, uh of EWTN from over the years you would see that i think the graphics the look and things yep. like, oh, have been upgraded have been moved Very in the much. right direction right, right. but it's always been done in a such in, in a way that it's designed to not change things too much and a lot of times our audience are people who are tired of everything changing. They what came out it? of a world where everything changed in the church, everything right, changed here. Right. They want something to hold on to. Right. Believe me, every time we change something, right. there's you people. You hear about it, huh? You know, <laughs> there's people whose <laughs> pulses went in sync with the uh, the rosary, you know, and you change right. a different rosary. And God bless them. Mike, we understand it. Yeah. But we really try to to do that where we can, but we have to do it in mother style incrementally in such a way that it doesn't disturb those other people, because they're important
0: to us too. Right. It is the eternal word. Television <laughs> right, right, or so. Right. right. so it right. takes a while. You don't have to be timely right, if right. you're timeless. That's, you right, exactly. that's right, exactly. And that's what's important, is that that you have and Catholic media needs to have a, a kind of a um, uh, uh, persistent dedication to never watering down the truth in any fashion, shape, or form. No matter what style, no matter what protection, no matter what technical uh, technology that they might add. uh, They always gotta stay focused on that. That's That's, what we're trying to do. That's great, that's great. Um, You're watching uh, Franciscan University Presents. Stay with us.
1: Most of us were just audience members that passively received information from the media industry. But now through social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and all those kinds of things, we can create
0: media and we can share it with other people. And what that means for us and for the typical Catholic is that we can share inspirational messages, share stories of how the faith has benefited us. In other words, we can evangelize people literally around the world. I love being creative, I love making people laugh, and if I can use that as a Catholic to really share my faith and my values, I think that there is such a need out there for the truth. People are always searching for the truth, and if I can use my talent to share the truth with them, I think I can really make a difference.
2: Explore the treasures of your Catholic heritage on a Franciscan University pilgrimage led by inspiring spiritual directors. You'll walk in the footsteps of saints and martyrs in the Holy Land, Poland, France, and Italy, and you'll deepen your love for Jesus Christ through daily mass, confession, prayer, and the joy of
0: Christian fellowship. Let Franciscan University lead you on a pilgrimage of faith. Find out more at franciscan.edu slash pilgrimages. Welcome back to Franciscan University Presents. Uh, This entire production springs forth from the very heart of Franciscan University. Uh, It's being taped right now in our our communication arts studio here in Steubenville, Ohio. Um, Our students are operating the cameras and the equipment, Um, our our regular panelists, our um, professors here uh, of theology. Uh, So we've been talking to Doug Keck today about faith and media. Mm -hmm. Um, Doug, how can Catholics uh, use media more effectively uh, to reach our culture?
1: Well, I think obviously uh, EWTN reaches out through many ways. I'll start with us because yeah. I, I represent EWTN. Obviously, our we've got 12 television networks worldwide. Uh, we're in German, full-time German channel. We have two Spanish networks uh, completely distributed in Spain and in, 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 S- in South America. Uh, we even have shortwave, uh, Scott and I were talking in between. Uh, we still have that. It reaches different parts of the world on radio. and. Uh, particularly our Spanish feed has been very important to the people in Cuba. We've heard that from the, from the bishops there and the cardinal there, uh, how people tune in, and it's been a lifeline for them, for the, for the church, and hopefully we'll see the new springtime happening there more and more. Uh, And obviously on the internet, our website, uh, you know, we've got 230,000-plus fans on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Pinterest, we're on all these different things. Roku and everything. Yeah, Roku, (laughs) so it's OTT, it's a way you can get it if you don't have cable. That's why we came up with the EWTN everywhere. I had so many people come up to me, I love EWTN, but I just can't get it. And I'd say, you can get it, trust me. (laughs) Uh, If you've got a high-speed internet connection, you can get it. Uh, you can watch us on the web, you can get an OTT type box like a Roku or the others, and, he's, and that's going to be expanding. Intel, Apple, they're all going to be rolling those.
3: Now you mentioned the Ukraine also, mm-hmm. so, no, Yes, Ukraine is getting EWTN as well. Yeah, what we did was
1: worked out a relationship there. Uh, and what they do is they downlink our feed, and then they have a dedicated group of volunteers who translate all the programs into Ukrainian, and then put it on their cable system. And it's distributed throughout. And we think in the next period of time, distributed th- completely throughout Ukraine, we're looking at possibilities of putting that up on the satellite. Also doing Whoa. something yeah. in Poland, Sweden. Uh, Archbishop uh, uh... in Sweden is very interested in that model and seeing if there's a Whoa. way they can do that in Sweden to downlink yeah. it and and translate it. Uh, you know, we're obviously in uh, UK, Ireland. Uh, you know, we're in Africa. Obviously, the Philippines. We're expanding now in Australia. Uh, so, you know, we have lots the eternal of opportunities. And, and no, it's getting out right. there, just like Mother Mother said it should be. So, we're trying to do it's that. It's not only eternal, but it's ubiquitous. Well, we're yes, trying. Right. And at least our whole thing is to say, listen, it's it's like the church. We propose, we don't impose. It's right. available if you like it. If you don't want to watch UW, that's fine with me. it's not a problem or if you you know you don't have to tell me well I can't get it or I'd watch it I understand that it's what but I just wanna make sure like we've heard so many people say why didn't somebody tell me about this right why didn't I know this was out there because you know there are people who are hungry once they start getting the truth you become insatiable you start going, right. you know, it's right. like being a tapeworm or listening to tapes or getting, well, suddenly you're reading <laughs> all these books because mm-hmm. you're being fed. You're like you were starving. Yeah. And we have people who clearly uh, will say, you know, I just started to watch you, and now I. that's the only channel I watch right. anymore. Right. Yeah. Now, that's not our goal. Right. If that's yeah. good for you, that's great. Right. But really, again, I think our whole thing is I always think of Mount Tabor, the idea, you know, for all of us. We have this great experience, we want to hang out on a mountain. But then we find out, no, 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 you've been given this gift so you can go down into the valley and go back to Jerusalem. And that's what we're trying to do, is equip Catholics so they can live out their faith in the real world. And they can impact, because unfortunately, and I think it's fair to say, many people have seen, that uh, rather than Catholics reaching out in some ways and going into the culture after Vatican to impacting the culture, the culture is... Had a more negative impact, it seems to be on Catholics. Right. right. So
0: going beyond EWTN, what what can some Catholics who aren't uh, executives of a a global television network? What what can they do? To
1: well, I think like anybody, I think you can be a consumer, and I think you can make sure you watch things that are good and don't watch things that aren't good, and make people aware of it. I mean, because Mm. the reality is, it's all about money. Mm. Now these people have agendas, but they also make money, and that's what it. You know, so it if it impacts in the pocketbook, there's a way to do that. I think also, I think we have to be careful that we're just not naysayers, that when right. somebody does something positive, let's support it like the Passion movie was, yeah. or something like that, or even some of these Christian movies that I know good friends say, oh, they're, they're like TV movies. But you know, somebody's trying to do something right. good. Right. It's right. not perfect. Don't make, you know the perfect, the enemy of the good. Right, where right. you're trying to do it better. It's like EW10. It's not perfect. It's a little better than it was before. Okay, so it's not reaching everybody, but at least support it. It's like anybody. If somebody's yeah. starting to move in the right direction, even in your personal life, yeah. who's got problems, it's starting to come back to the church. You don't tell them, well, you better get back here right now. You know that's right. not enough. It's like, what do you do? You encourage and say, great. You're moving in the right direction now. What can I help you to do yeah. so that you can come all the way? Yeah. You know, what materials can I give you to help? I think it's the same way we have to do with the media, which is to be positive about them when they do something right, right. and at right. the same time stand up against things we don't but have there is, with our
2: dollar. There's a certain temptation, which I, I think right-wing Catholics uh, are susceptible to, a, a kind of cynicism, a kind of neurosis. They, they might argue, okay, EWTN, but for the sake of that channel, we have to suffer the smut on all of the other channels. Mm -hmm. Is it a trade-off, is it worth it? And they would argue no. The whole thing is a wasteland. Uh, It's a sinkhole of corruption. Well first of all, just pull the plug. To deal with that in some ways, that's why we've tried to make it available in different
1: modalities, so that you don't have to necessarily go to the same place. At the same time, that's something Mother dealt with years ago which is, you know, uh, or St. Paul, he's got to be in the marketplace. If right. you're not in the marketplace, how can people see you, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's to some degree, it's people have their own personal responsibility. The fact that that channel is there doesn't mean you have to watch it or let people watch it, or that you can't block it. In many cases, you can. So, you know, know, sometimes, you know. There's
3: no proof that in Acts 17, Paul (laughs) converted even 10% of the Athenians listening to him. But the one who's identified by name, Dionysius, becomes the first bishop of Athens, you know. And there's a great heritage or a tradition associated with him. You know, I remember really being down on Facebook. That's Mm -hmm. all I, you know, heard people talking about and then our first grandchild was born, Mm -hmm. and her pictures were posted, (laughs) and within 24 hours, I was on Facebook, you know, and in the process, I discovered that there was somebody who I don't know had had, you know, a Scott Hahn page, and so I I had it brought down, but they suggested, why don't you do it, and so I did. And and I I just, you know, every week or two, I post something of Mother Teresa, Mm -hmm. You know, 526,000. That's right. You know, right. reach. It's like right. what? Right. Yeah. I mean, a little goes longer and that's farther right. than that's anything right. you could imagine. That's powerful
0: to see that that that's where our social media is yeah. today. Yeah. both
3: in the TV and online, where uh, it's it's, it's, new it's the new. Areopagus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I and the comm box, you know, you get comments and you realize these aren't all choir members. Sure. Right, involved, right, right, sure. exactly. You, yeah. right. But, but there is a lot of junk uh, out there. Oh, without you know, a doubt, st- sure. Through. It right. might be mostly yeah, junk, yeah, but right. it's still. I, I'm,
2: I'm struck by something Fred Allen said back in the 50s. Oh my lord, when, Fred Allen. When, when, when <laughs> the junk wasn't quite so uh, pernicious, mm-hmm. but, TV is chewing gum for the eyes. Mm. Uh, well, remember Fred Allen <laughs> had a great face for radio, they used to
1: say. Though <laughs> so he had a great Well, voice.
2: you have a great face for TV. I uh-huh. mean, you're
3: the new Walter Cronkite. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, Wonderful, avuncular <laughs> uh, appearance. You know, People EWT trust you. Also has fostered a Catholic subculture. You know, I, I, I doubt Raymond can go very many places and now oh, it's yeah, Colleen's yeah, right, turn sure. and Father Mitch, you know, oh. and that sort of thing. And it happens to me too, and I only have a few mm-hmm. isolated programs. But it, 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 to me, it's an encouragement because mm-hmm. then you can look at radio and uh, and see spinoffs, right. and you can also see throughout the country entrepreneurs, apostles who are buying radio stations, right. doing all yes. sorts of things that are. Of, of course, the, the downside is people
2: will accost you, strangers, and say, you know, I saw you on television the other night, and I'm always tempted to ask, how long did you stay? Mm-hmm. Because I suspect not very long, really. I mean, they're, they're floating, they're, they're cruising, uh, and they're gonna go elsewhere. So we, we have you, you arrest the attention. I mean, you've right. gotta slay your audience in the opening metaphor but how do you keep them beyond the first commercial? I I guess I would say that's that's up to the Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. Uh Mm. He's pretty busy.
1: Yeah, I know he's busy, (laughs) but I mean, you know, but but (laughs) I think (laughs) Mother used to say say our job is to soak the earth with the truth. Getting into people's hearts and their homes is ultimately God's responsibility or the person's responsibility. That's why we try to have varying lengths, times, whatever. If The only thing you got was this one particular quote or that, and that somehow
2: in your head and made some impact on your life. they'll that's good. Well, what I find really impressive is that you've managed to penetrate what used to be really closed societies mm-hmm. like Cuba. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they access you. Can the government block this, or they're not disposed to do so? It's possible.
1: Short waves more difficult to block like that well, because of right. the nature of the propagation of the waves, but at this point in time they've got so many other problems you know it's but not this, one of the things this I worry about anymore. This is sort of like a new anymore. bay of
2: right, right. pigs invasion. There you go. Right. But it's That's gonna right. succeed.
1: That's right. It's That's the right. level well, of the gospel. Ultimately it's like what happened in Eastern Europe. Uh, you know everybody thought the faith was dead until the wall came down and all, right. and all these Christians came out of the woodwork right. Right. and they, and they yeah. can't figure out I thought we killed right. these guys. It, right. it never dies. Yeah. That's
3: right. Yeah. right. right. Yeah. You know the parable right. of the sower in Matthew 13 I think is really appropriate because when you look at what the, the sower is doing it seems rather reckless almost indiscriminate you know you're just throwing and the results are so various you know 30 60 and 100 not to mention the thorns and the rocks and the shallow soil you know that's clearly the eternal word being sown worldwide but again i want to underscore how it's really an incentive for people to learn from EWTN, to emulate. You know, imitation is still the highest form of right, flattery. I,
0: I think there are people today, you know, whether you look at the movies, whether you look at, uh, like, coming home uh, with their their advertisements going on to secular media, trying to invite right. people yeah, back. Tom Peterson. You know, Tom yep. Peterson's right, doing sure. great right. work Marvelous. there. And uh, but so many other, you know, new uh, evangelization efforts to really get into the secular culture with mm. some life-saving messages because it really is the eternal truth. It, it looks differently if it's mm. on uh, you know, your news broadcast versus right. what's on EWTN, but, but I think there's so many things that we gotta scatter that out there, be that sower. Right. And there's probably people yeah. watching right now that maybe have that idea or have that passion, or have the means to support others to do that. Do you
2: have a way of measuring your audience? How many people, in fact, are tuning in, watching? We don't have a way. Uh We're not interested particularly in a way
1: because, uh, you know, Mother's version was always the same thing, which is if you start worrying too much about what people like, you Uh end up pandering to what they like and not what they need. And you have to be careful about that idea. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, again, the nature of EW10 is a donation thing, is as long as there's a perceived value that people have to support us, then we know, and people have continued to support us, going along, and certainly the feedback we get is positive. Yeah. Obviously, we could be doing more. People have wonderful ideas of things. In many cases, it's just they don't understand the complexities that are involved with some of the issues or uh, the amount of money it takes to produce something like this. I mean, a big uh, venture we have now yeah. uh, reaching out to some way is with Colin Carroll Campbell, ew news nightly show, which we're just starting to get rolled out. It's a very difficult show. News is a tough business. But again, we want to present something. and We've shown people that it's a it's going to be a high-end looking program that people can feel comfortable with. And we hope there'll be some people watching EWTN who say, you know, news isn't that important to me, but at least I can find out what's going on. For others, at least there's an opportunity to get context to be able to say, you know, what the Pope said this yesterday. Now, uh, Colleen's in it. Now Scott Hans on there, kind of right. talking right. about, right. or Bishop Laurie shows up, That's or right. or think advice. or like the Gosnell story. That's right. okay. Now there was a story that was horrific. That's right. And the, the, the mainstream media didn't carry it. That would yeah. have been a story, the kinds of thing that we could have put in context for people. Yeah. And again, not so that they go back and turn their TV off, but when they watch Fox or they watch CNN, they go, Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but. Right. I've, got the, I've other, got the other side uh, of the other story, side of story yeah. now and yeah. I understand why oh, you know, I the
3: church field that. kind of thing that. comes up at the water cooler too or at the lunch break, you know. Uh, and this is where I think people can really do a personal apostolate because you talk about the books you read, the TV shows you watch, and everybody's talking about the news, but I think if you can give an alternative perspective and identify where they can go, mm-hmm. uh, that's also a way. You just never know what's going to grow from those kind right. of seeds. And I think, right. I think you,
0: you've mentioned this before about the water cooler conversation. And I just think that that is key when we look at whether it be uh, the book you're reading, the the, the the talk you just heard, the mm-hmm. show you yep. just watched, whatever it might be, it's great to spark that conversation, to go deeper on a subject. And then, hopefully, the, through those programs, you've actually got a little bit of uh, meat to that subject as well. So well, you, you also a have a
2: pretty engaging catalyst, I mean, when you think of Colleen Carol right. Campbell, right. I yeah. mean, on purely aesthetic grounds. Uh, she's she's more pleasing to look at than
3: any of us. You know, just like <laughs> Mother Angelica. That I love. There's an aura there that's supernatural. <laughs> that's and a, I, I should yeah, add to it, case, I, I right. think, Mother's uh, probably winning as much grace uh, now in her suffering as she did oh. when she was uh, hosting the program. I, yeah. I can't help but think that we'll find out when we enter mm-hmm. eternity. You know, just uh, the supernatural. Well, that network has grown been, to measure than your audience.
1: And the network has yeah. grown substantially larger, faster than ever since that point in time. Yeah. So we believe that's I clearly see. Mother's spiritual, Prayer. Uh, right. That's beyond yeah. the counterintuitive. Right, right, right.
0: That's supernatural. Right? That's great exactly. to have that kind of spiritual leadership because that's what well, we need to do the new evangelization. You mm-hmm. bet. Uh, You're watching Franciscan University Presents. Stay with us.
2: So how can we summarize all this talk about church and the media? I think blessed John Paul II said it best when he gave us three things to think about. One, formation. It's not just about how to use technology, it's about how media affects us, affects our children. Two, dialogue. When we communicate, we ought to be reflecting Jesus Christ, reflecting the gospel. Three, participation. What is our attitude? How are we participating in the media? Are we doing it in healthy ways, pleasing to our Lord?
0: My name is Joseph Frilich. I'm a chemistry major, biology minor here at Franciscan University. I love the atmosphere, just completely centered around the Catholic faith. When I play soccer, when I'm in classes, everything is, has that same Catholic attitude. Myself and a few other chemistry majors have the opportunity to work with top scientists in order to combat neglected diseases. I was able to connect my love for chemistry and also my love for mission work by synthesizing chemical compounds. Franciscan University is academically excellent and passionately Catholic. Welcome back to Franciscan University Presents. We've been talking about faith and media with Doug Keck, uh, executive at EWTN. Um, Regis, could you start us off with some highlights and summation points Yeah, I think uh,
2: uh, uh, a spirit of optimism uh, uh, is something we're entitled to uh, uh, promote here because we have a message, a product, that is really irresistible. It's the truth, and the truth became flesh, and what you do at EWTN is a kind of extension of that enfleshment uh, in in other media, other ways. Uh, Tolkien uh, once said that never was a tale told that men would rather find to be true, Mm -hmm. and it is true. And and people have a hunger for the truth uh, and they'll make sacrifices uh, for it. I, I also think of a beautiful line from Guardini that in the experience of a great love, everything that happens becomes an event related to that love. I mean, under the impact, uh, you know, the sudden uh, 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 coming into time of Christ, all of these rays uh, uh, emanate out to the very ends of the earth. And all we have to do is receive them uh, and talk about them uh, and, and show the world how galvanized we are by, by the impact of the event of of Jesus Christ, and, and that's what you're doing. And dialogue, I think, is at the heart of it. We, we can't lock ourselves inside the chapel. We have to go out and, and somehow impart the truth of the message to people who need to hear it, who need to be saved. And you're an instrument of that, and uh, I can't uh, 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 thank you enough uh, uh, for your energy, your tireless uh, diligence and and devotion uh, to this cause. Uh, I I hope it it prospers uh, for a very long time to come. Mm -hmm.
3: Thank you, Regis. Scott? There's so much anecdotal evidence in my experience, you know, when I go on family vacations and I hear from my non-Catholic relatives about Uncle Scott being on (laughs) EWTN. But, you know, I think my favorite experience of all is when I got uh, a text on my uh, smartphone, white smoke, and we were driving across Ohio on Route 80, from visiting our grandchildren and we pulled off at their next rest stop and uh, of course they didn't have EWTN on the TV so Jeremiah pulled out his laptop and we watched it live streaming you know for about an hour and we were so excited of course here is Pope Benedict retiring and then you know Pope Francis coming on and uh, people would stop by what are you doing you know because the family was obviously very engaged you know. <laughs> But I, I think of the, um, the spillover that uh, EWTN has in countless families you know, and, yeah. and, and, and hundreds of thousands, millions of lives with respect to Jesus in the Eucharist and the truth of sacred scripture and the catechetical, really the evangelistic message that gets out. And then I think of World Youth Day mm-hmm. and what an impact it's made. I remember two, two different people who were Protestant pastors who watched two different World Youth Days on EWTN. And they both describe this tearful sense that this is my father, you know, and this was a key step on the journey, Mm -hmm. you know. So, World Youth Day and the Pope and and, and how he really articulates the gospel. I think of the Blessed Virgin Mary as well and the ways in which, you know, this is now not just in the past but also in the future, Fatima and Lourdes. These are places I'm finally going to get to in terms of pilgrimages. But the the thought that people who can never go on pilgrimages are going to get to see events there at Fatima and Lourdes and Guadalupe and so on. Uh, It really makes the Catholic faith truly Catholic for homebound people, but for people who are just raising big families and strapped, and they can never get to these places, World Youth Day. And yet, I I have no doubt that, you know, for so many parishes that will never number, uh, Eucharistic Adoration was made possible because of the teaching, because of the example, because of the talk show, you know, whatever it was and much, much more. Mm -hmm. And the grace of conversions for teenagers, you know, as an alternative to what else you can find on the internet. So, you know, please express to Mother, well, I'll just say it to Mother Angelica's guardian angel, thanks be to God and thank her for us too. Right. Keep up the great work. Thank Thank you, Scott. And
0: Doug?
1: Well, I would say certainly uh, one thing I think we should all thank, uh, is Mother Angelica. I mean, this is Mother's mission. We're all just trying to help with that mission. Yep. And, uh, like I could tell the people watch EW10 as we try every day to stay true to that mission as best we can. We don't always succeed with everything we try to do, but we're it's goodwill and uh, and we're trying to do the right thing. Uh, and we apologize for all our shortcomings, uh, many times to people who have very valid concerns and questions about why we can't do this and do that. And, and they mean well and we try and do those things. But we're doing the best we can. We believe that getting out that catechesis, I think the church itself has seen now that if you mm-hmm. want people to go out and engage the culture, they need to be catechized. They need to know their That's faith. Right. I think the other thing that we have tried to do, and I think you pointing out some of the big events like that was World Youth Day. I think the March for Life in Washington, now the March for Life, the Walk for Life West Coast that we just did this year, the first time we did the March in Canada. We've seen by having those things that other places in other parts of the world are starting to do those things. And what's really important, I think, for EWTN, for people, homebound or people just trying to live out their faith is to realize you're not alone mm-hmm. that there is a family there is a community mother was talked about the ew10 family well this greater family it's the catholic church and the idea that you know what wow there's a hundred thousand two hundred thousand people marching in washington mm-hmm. i never see these pictures where did it come from you know, yeah. uh, here it up, up there, and what it does is it forces, at some level, the secular media to start to pay attention. So somebody like a Fox will start to show more, or yeah. C-SPAN will show more yeah. by having that alternative or showing it up in Canada. It invigorates people, makes them realize, you know, there's a place I can go, I can support, I'm not alone. And I think that's what many of us feel. And many times is this idea that, you know, I must be weird because I believe these things, or nobody else, or if I say it, they're going to think. I think there's a lot of people who, after living in the culture we live in today, realize it's not working. And they kind of know where they gotta go, but they're embarrassed. They don't want to admit it. And I think we give away that you can, in, in the privacy of your home, engage your faith without risking feeling foolish. And I think yeah. that helps people and emboldens them slowly to feel better about that, to get back to mass, as we said. We're not replacing the parish. Nobody said put a large screen monitor on on the top of the altar and watch EWTN. No, what we want is to empower people from Sunday to Sunday to live out their faith and go back to the church and be
0: engaged and support the work of their local pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, Doug, thank you for being on the show today and also for speaking to our students here on campus, uh, inspiring them to be leaders in a, in a virtual world, I think, uh, that's as right, we talked right, about. Right, yeah. um, if you've uh, enjoyed today's show, we have a, a free handout for you. Uh, it's an interview we did with uh, Father Jonathan Morris on this very topic of uh, faith and media. Father Jonathan Morris from uh, analyst on Fox News and also a, a former uh, student here at the university. Um, So uh, as we look at at media today, uh, we need to recognize that uh, all of us have an obligation have a part to play, uh, whether we're an executive uh, producer at EWTN, uh, a a faculty uh, here at the university who are speaking and and, and teaching, um, or someone at home, uh, whether it be online, whether it be Facebook, whether it be blogs, whether it be starting uh, your own production in some level, we all have an obligation to do it. Sometimes we get uh, hesitant uh, to go out and share, think that it may not be accepted or readily received. We have to remember that um, the the message we want to share is the truth of Jesus Christ and they are dying to hear that truth. They may not realize it, but the truth is, uh, as we talk about EWTN, it's, it's the eternal truth. Uh, it's the eternal word that really is life-saving. And then third, um, let's make sure we don't um, um, put our low uh, achievements at work. When we're talking about the truth, we wanna give it the best of our efforts. Uh, the the uh, Vatican document talked about giving everything we can and our excellence and skill uh, to make the truth present. Um, This whole program, Franciscan University, springs forth from the very heart of Franciscan University and our mission is to form the students who are transforming the world. And I want to invite you to be a part of that mission, Uh, possibly by coming here to study uh, for your degree or online through getting a a master's uh, degree or coming to one of our summer conferences or or visiting some of the holy shrines through our pilgrimages or visit us at faithandreason.com where you can get this download and great videos, Doug's talk and so many other things at faithandreason.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for watching. Franciscan University Presents to download the free handout on today's topic go to faithandreason.com email your request for the handout to presents at, Franciscan.edu. at faithandreason.com you can also purchase past episodes of franciscan university presents or request today's free handout and purchase past programs by calling 888-333-0381 that's 888-333-0381 or call 740 740- Two eight three six three five seven.